Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. Here we talk about issues in the wide world of sports, ranging from local issues from the Nigerian scene to global issues. And uh, we like to make it an all-sports affair. Sports 360, we can go anywhere, any sport. My name is DG Omoto Imbo. And I'm Adeyemi Adesoya. I am Akimbode Oguntui. So welcome to another edition of Sports 360 Podcast. As always, the usual suspects are here with me. And today, uh, we'll talk about something that's been brewing in the local scene. And it, it, it brew into a storm. And uh, the storm has had ripple effects. It's creating other storms. And, and hopefully, it won't affect our Olympic preparations too much. But let's start with what I think started it all. The Athletic Federation of Nigeria the SEGA in the AFN, uh, two different boards. And I think that's a, it's becoming a trend in Nigerian sports. Uh, and there was a time it was two NFF boards. Then there was a time it was two MBBF, MBBF boards. Basketball boards, yes. Now, it's now AFN. And we don't know whether there are two or three. or We don't even know what's going on right now. And the team was supposed to go f- for the Olympic trials, the World Athletics, I mean, World relays in Poland yep. um, to qualify for the relays or the Olympics. Five relays, four by hundred men and women, and then the four by four hundred uh, mixed relay. But at the end of the day, they didn't go to Poland because the quote and unquote the board, the uh, Guso board, wanted them to go to Poland. The other board, Olamide Judge board, registered them for some mix in the USA. They can still qualify. We'll get to that in a minute. But I just feel that when these things happen, we've said it here on on some of our other shows, when these things happen, you hear me, uh, it creates an impression that these administrators are too bothered about themselves to the detriment of the athletes for whom they are supposed to exist. You said something, I think it was last week on, mm. on the pod, that um, our sports administrators are parasites. Mm. And I echoed that. I actually went ahead to tweet it. And I do believe that they are parasites. Yeah. Parasites in the sense that they live off the life and time and the sweat of people. Mm. Why, what do I mean by that? There's no sport without the athletes. Yeah. The sport does not exist if yeah. the athletes are not there. Yeah. But you believe that you are everything that concerns that sport. So once you've created that mindset for yourself, there's a tendency for you to have an ego trip or a series of ego trips, which is what is going on with the AFN. Mm. So those ego trips is what keeps affecting the athletes. Mm. We can go back to... Uh, was it the World Athletics Championships in Doha yeah. where they made mistakes in registering mm. Divine Ruru for yeah. the 200 meters when he says he was only going to do 200 meters or bless your mm. but The AFN lapses. has been... Ah. <laughs> You're looking for a, a nice award. <laughs> <laughs> has been an S-storm. Let me put it that way. Mm. Because we try to be making this episode as... Listener friendly as, as possible. possible. Mm. But you know, um, um, while I agree that um, in a lot of instances, these guys come across as parasites and sometimes their behavior uh, tends to 
um, point to that fact and under, underline the fact too strongly. Sometimes the athletes just get they just get caught in the crossfire of egos. Yeah. yeah. They get caught in the crossfire of egos and, and where and where um uh, where it's where it's it's rankles that these players are not fully taken into consideration is where look like in the, the what we had, what we had with with the, with the MBBF board mm-hmm. at a point it was one side saying I will not even do it it, it, it was clear where the international body was heading yeah. I was clear mm-hmm. what they had decided it was mm-hmm. like I will not let go unless I can get something going mm-hmm. so for me I think we need to find a way, devise a means where at every point, the mark-off point, the, the, mark-off, uh, uh, the, the mark-off area will be anywhere where it starts becoming apparent that the athletes will be harmed. Mm. All uh, hostilities, stop it. That would happen if only the ego tripping will stop. My problem is that the ego tripping would never stop. Very exactly. Now, here's the thing. All associations are supposed to have constitutions mm-hmm. that is approved by the international body. Yeah. Now, isn't there a way we can insert such clauses in the constitution? Mm. that will make it easy for us to separate, as it were, the athletes from the... and, and subsume them, although... Where am I going, mm. If you subsume them under the sports ministry, sports ministry uh-huh. will, create the, they will create the chaos. Okay, buddy. <laughs> we, will, we will get to all of that because we are going... getting to the board dissolutions and relationship between the sports ministry and the federations um, in about 10, 15, 20 minutes in, into this podcast. My, my take about this AFN thing is that um, like we said, everything, everybody thinks personal. Look at this world release. My findings, eight teams have already qualified for the release. At the world release in Poland, they're looking for additional, I think, additional eight teams to make 16. Some of the eight teams that are qualified, I think USA, Jamaica, and one other country, I can't remember, will, not be, suspect. will not be in Poland. Yeah. So there are three slots up for grabs. Because even if the top other eight that have qualified finish in the top five places, that means there are three slots. Mm, yep. You know? So the chances are in an eight race tournament, even if you finish, if the top guys are there, if you finish sixth, seventh, or eighth, you, you can still qualify. So I felt that our chances of qualifying in Poland was high. But because one faction did not seem to want to pander to the other faction. The Ministry of Sports Register, or according to some people, the administrators prefer a trip to the USA yeah, true. that will last two, three weeks yes. than a one weekend or three, four days. What are we Poland. talking about here? Yep. So they prefer <coughs> that. So it's all personal interest. So they're going to the USA and they will hope to qualify they hope to qualify via because some still, because there's still, still a chance to qualify. And there's some meets. It's, it's but, all about the time that they make. Yes, but and they have a few meets to go to in the USA if they make the time. What I'm saying is this, buddy. You go to Poland 
the chances are you qualify in two, three days. But because of some ego tripping or some fights, quote unquote, or some preferences, not by the athletes, because the athletes will go wherever you take them. Yeah. By officials who feel, let's go to the USA. Everybody likes going to the USA two, three weeks. Even the athletes who like to go to the USA. And all, <laughs> and all of that. You might still qualify, but it just underlines what I say about the administrators think too much of themselves. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, but you see, the, the, the thing about this, this uh, USA Poland thing is that the average athletes will want to go to the US, definitely. Let me disagree with you. <laughs> the average athlete wants to qualify for the Olympics. And yes, was the best I, look, shot. I feel the best, I better agree. shot was to go to Poland. DG, as long as they make the cut of time, mm. they will be at the Olympics. Yes. They have a chance to do multiple meets in the US. Mm. So opportunities to even, the even, even if they had gone to Poland and qualified, they would still have gone to the US. They were, I, no, I, can, I can hold on what I can I can guarantee you that they, they, now, you now, now turned into a training tour. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm trying to play the devil's advocate. Okay, okay. Did we say when we are not going to Poland? Were they ego tripping? <laughs> I'm no, telling you, but, but, okay. if, if they had gone to Poland and qualified, mm. I said, okay, you know what? There's a chance to freshen up the legs and freshen up the tactics and batting changes. Mm. They had to US again. My, yeah, I mean, the thing is that I think there were two camps. One camp. Wanted to go to Poland. That the, actually, that 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 was the other problem. camp decided we will not do whatever camp A wants to do. We will do what. We want and so to do. there's a chance. Of, there's so, a chance of, of redemption. Then, of course, the I think the Guso board came out with a letter, writing a long letter about how uh, instead of going to Poland, they are donkeying to USA. I had to actually speak to Darieson, who gave me the details of the qualification process and how and how that they just still had a chance of qualifying. But it just underlines this ego tripping and these camps. And at the end of the day, the athletes are right bang in the middle of it. They are taking them in different directions. It's like parents. <laughs> when you're young, parents, your dad and your mom Menzo. have a quarrel. No. Who do you side? <laughs> you just be looking right and left. You don't want to take sides. So oh, the athletes are put in a very, very difficult position. Yes, but, <laughs> but the interesting thing about this is that you had one person who needed to show a bit of maturity an understanding of the terrain and not take into consideration his own personal interests. And I think one of the problems we've had in Nigerian sports from the get-go is people taking sides. Mm. And I'm talking particularly about the sports minister. Okay. You know, prior to Sunday Direct coming on board, everybody felt Solomon Dallon was the... Was the worst thing since he <laughs> was Exactly. Worst thing since, especially since where is the beret anyway. It's probably the worst thing <laughs> since Hitler. But suddenly comes in with his fine suit, his nice English, but seems to be apparently worse than Solomon Dallon. Why would you say that? He's shown very little maturity in okay. running everything that's happened with sports. He could have called the... This matter, since there's an issue, call the two of them into a room. Locked the door and not take side and not take side. You feel you felt he took. He took, of course he took a side. With, but, no, but the EFN thing, but with the EFN thing, actually, because I think there's something we need to clarify here. It was Guso's board members, fellow board members, that actually sacked him, yes, more or less, or mm. voted him out or voted a uh, vote of no confidence, vote of no confidence on him and all that. Not the minister. But what you're saying is that. If you have an oversight function, 
and then there are all these issues. Crisis. Try to find a common ground. Find a common ground. Now, uh, that was back to what I alluded to earlier. At this point, at the point where it was clear that the, the that the um that the artists are going to be affected, affected. Mm. the minister should have called a meeting. I, I think he, he has that power and he has that office to say, okay, mm. you guys you know what? Hey, Nigeria comes first. These are Nigerians, they're representing us. Underlined my point exactly. When these things happen, uh, and when these uh feuding officials think about the present situation, they think of only how am I going to remain relevant. Yeah. Nobody thinks of how is this affecting the foot soldiers, the athletes. And I think that's where we miss it. And that's where I feel, I say things like, they tend to be parasitic. in their, Because at that point in time, for instance, let's say you have a talented athlete and you know this guy has a chance of becoming a world beater. You do you do everything possible to make that yeah, guy's to, preparation opportunity yes. seamless, yeah. and not think of hey, um, I don't want come on, and that, that's where I disagree with them, and that's where I I agree with you guys in saying that the minister should have said, look, come, let's have a common ground. My own, if the minister goes and say, look, you guys, I don't care what your issues are. My worry is the, the athletes. They must perform, they must compete, they must do whatever they want to do, and all of that, and. And all I will do is for the benefit of the athletes. Because like it or not, mm. we're three and a half years behind. Oh, yes. In preparation for the Olympics. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> you have an opportunity to, quote-unquote, remedy the situation. Instead, you're making it worse. Exactly. And I've heard some people say that um, that um, Everything that has happened will not will not have too much effect on the on the athletes. I think they are wrong. <laughs> I think they are wrong. Um, I had the minister say on a TV interview that the administrators and the officials they are not the ones that train the athletes. Yeah, but I had him say that they are not the ones that train them and all that. But you see, everything in sports we all know teamwork. Teamwork goes beyond not only teamwork. Teamwork goes beyond the pitch. Team- Behind the scenes, off the pitch. Everybody must be pulling in the same direction Not for success to come. Sports and participation in sports is as much physical as, as it is mental. mental. Exactly. Mental. Look, okay. it, it, so it, imagine, imagine an athlete participating in a competition in a meet and then one faction of the AFL comes out and says that meet is illegal mm. and they send letters all across the world telling people that mm. the meet that was said at so and so time is illegal. How do you want the athletes that feel? There's no way. That, yeah. It wouldn't affect them. There's no way. Look, if you have a five or, five or six day training schedule, there are mm. one of those days you'll be thinking, am I wasting my time? Exactly. Exactly. Should I do something else? Should I or even if I qualify here, exactly. am I sure that I will not pay my time? No, am I sure I will even get to go? You know? It's and then I think also, I'm tend to look at athletes and look at them as which side does he or she belong to? Yeah. Which is totally wrong because that's totally unfair yep. on the athletes. Is, actually. So what's the way forward here? Simple. Get them in a the room, lock the door, and just tell them, Are you guys, sure that ship hasn't sailed? Because if you have... That ship has sailed. If you have, no, if I'm, you have, I'm, I was going to say, yeah, if you considering have got, the next topic. Yeah, if, you have got, if you have gone <laughs> against me before... I'm not going to feel that you're going to be a, a, on a, my a, side, a, 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 a neutral arbiter. Yes, when yes. we come to the table, yeah. and I'm going to feel well. I've been able to 
get get my get way, my way yeah. without you. So why should I come and sit down with you? And all of that. But at the same time, you know, I think these guys need to know that they are like fathers and mothers and uncles and aunties to these athletes. They are all important to the well-being and welfare of these athletes. And they must find a way to work together. The truth is, um, Yoruba people say you only you, you can it, it's the person that is sleeping that you that you, you can wake easily. Mm. You cannot wake. It, it's not that much easy to sleep to wake someone who is pretending. Okay. You know, pretending. Uh, yeah. I think that solution of putting them in a room will work. If these guys who are making honest mistakes, mm. they are not mm. ego tripping. They are not mm. calculating mm. benefits. Mm. Yeah. As long as there's an agenda they are pushing, I don't think there's anything you will see that will make mm. sense. Mm. Anything you say, they can twist it in any direction. You know, you know, you know what, 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 what you say about data. Yeah. You can make it say anything you want. So yeah. the same thing. Anything you say, to say, ah, you see, that's what I'm saying. They can escalate it in any direction as long as what they want is not being done. So I think for me, look, if they're saying to overhaul this thing in its entirety, if, I, I wish there's a way we can overhaul everything and start all over again. Mm. Because the way Nigerian sports is, the odds are that as soon as any sport gets any credibility and, and, and starts getting, gathering momentum and starts getting sponsorship, mm. crisis erupts. Yes. From football to basketball, basketball to athletics. What is, what is the common theme of that crisis? Quote and unquote. Money. 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 It's money. <laughs> money. So Money. for me, as long as that's 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 central central point, yes, we are too far gone. If I was an athlete right now, I'd be very sad. And you wonder why people are defecting to Qatar? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Because if, oh, if you have an opportunity to defect, why won't why you? Why not? Why won't you? You have peace of mind. You no, know, because you want to represent your Good country. Training. You're doing everything, but you don't even know what's going on. You don't know the next direction. You don't know. You know. I I honestly don't get. I still argue about the Poland-USA thing. I felt we could have easily qualified going to Poland. And like what you said, then continue to your training tour of the US. But take that first training or uh, communication take, opportunity. Take that first opportunity. Take it and you know that the opportunity is in the bag. I've qualified. You know, because as we move, he, 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 that's what dovetail. A lot of people believe, I don't know rightly or wrongly, maybe but they will clarify that, that it was that supremacy battle between the minister and the Guso AFM board that led to the minister's action last week of dissolving all the sports federations and appointing caretaker committees. And of course, the caretaker committee had majority of the chairmen as members of the caretaker committee, but of course, not, <laughs> not AFN. That, that, that was the key. That was the confirmation, quote and unquote, mm. of, that, of, that, um, of that belief. Okay. Because... When the minister announced that all the associations have, have been dissolved and then he announced the caretaker committee members, it was glaring. Mm. It was the people, it was the associations where he had something going with the members. Something against. Something them. against. Mm. Whose, th- those are the associations that the, the, the people that whose names showed up are not, are not the names of people that were in charge before. Okay. The, the, the president, as, as it were, judo, uh, athletics. Mm. These are the people that had something, some kind of issue, some, some kind of issue, issue, issue with 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 with. Uh, unfortunately, they had to reverse themselves. Okay, now, you know, because even and the they were sworn shrouded in all kinds of controversy. July, these guys were 2017, and they were sworn. They were sworn in sometime in July, July 2017. 2017. 
that they had, had a four-year term. Four-year term. And um, the minister on the 30th of April announces the board dissolution. From my little <laughs> knowledge of four-year term. Simple arithmetic. Simple arithmetic. Four-year had not lapsed At all. on the 30th of April. Even though all kinds of arguments have been put to... I even say that your tenure starts the day you were sworn in. Because yes. when you're elected, you don't have any executive power until you until are sworn, sworn in. So, the feeling was that the minister didn't want... Rightly or wrongly, don't let's presume that we know why the minister did what he did. But we are saying, uh, the general feelers, is that rightly or wrongly, the minister did not want certain people to handle the teams to the Olympics. Unfortunately, it has had a terrible or negative boomerang effect on the number of souls. We just found out before we entered the studio that even the Nigerian Rugby Federation, they've been thrown out of, I think it was African Rugby Group qualifiers qualifiers because of of that um, resolution, uh, decision by the minister. Why can't we... I've always felt that the ministry... I understand why, because of most of these sports are still amateur sports, the government will play a role. Yeah. The government will play a role at amateur level. Because most of these sports are still amateur uh, level in Nigeria. But that role should be more like oversight, supervisory, not involved in policy, regulatory. Because a lot of these uh, organizations or federations derive their, uh, how do I say you now, derive their legitimacy yep. from their international bodies. Exactly. And anything you do that is not in consonance with international rules and laws would not stand. So the minister has had to reverse himself on AFN, I think. And we're hearing now that the Rugby Federation, uh, they've lost out from the African qualifiers. I think the first question we've got to ask ourselves is this. Does the minister have the the absolute power to dissolve this uh, uh this uh, these federations? The answer is no. Yes, the governments have um a supervisory role to play because it's amateur sports, but those federations they are under the auspices of the International Olympic Committee. The International Olympic Committee has an office in Nigeria that is represented by the International Olympic Committee. Nigeria NOC. Nigeria Olympic Committee. And so if there should be anything said to the to the, to the, to the, to the federations, it should have come from the Nigerian Olympic Committee, not from the minister. That is one. Secondly, these board members were elected. Mm. They were not appointed. Okay. They were not selected. You cannot unilaterally throw out a board of elected people. The only way they can be, to a military crew. Th- that's what it is. The only way you can get them out of office to vacate office is for them to be voted out the way they were voted in. Let me play the devil's advocate. Not supporting the bill. Let me play the devil's because we've had this scenario. It happened, I think, in basketball. What happens if a federation president becomes seat tight, decides to become seat tight as it happened in basketball and changes the rules by some funny Congress to say, instead of two four-year terms, I can contest a third term. 
and decides to perpetuate himself in office. And this federation still go cap in hand to the ministry for money. How would you, how do you get rid of that kind of person who has decided and has emasculated the other board members to say, I'm going to be here till whenever? How do you control that? First off, you know that, that basketball, basketball scenario, you know, I, I would have loved for it to, to fully play out, but it did not. Mm. When the person who changed the constitution mm. to perpetuate himself in office, yeah. when he made that move, now, you remember I, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that all these federations have constitutions mm. that were ratified or that, okay. should, that should, should be ratified, be ratified. Mm. by the international bodies. When that, when that constitution, constitution change was made, the question was asked, did FIBA agree to the things here? Mm. He said FIBA did. That's the, the, the then president said FIBA did. Mm. But up till tomorrow, it was clear that FIBA did not set eyes on that constitution. And at some point, at some point, I felt that if that's, if, if the, if, if the, if the canoe election, if the canoe election mm-hmm. had gone unchallenged by Nigeria, any single petition to FIBA will have seen that board thrown out. Okay. Because okay. that constitution... So what you're saying is, in fact, that the international bodies will take care of that. They, they, they would have taken care. I felt they would have taken yeah. care of it. Okay. And then, yeah, I mean, this issue of, like I said, this issue of the federations deriving their legitimacy, so to speak, from their international bodies. You know, in one case, you say, government should not interfere. We had this problem in football for a long time. Government should not interfere. But you go to government, collect money, you spend the money whichever way you want, like it's your father's money, and let's get re- and you say government should not interfere. It's difficult. It is. Let's be. I'm not supporting the sports ministry. They've done mm-hmm. a lot, but it's difficult to say. It's very difficult. I'll t- you, when I need money, I collect money from you. When I'm telling you, I come for money. You say no, you are interfering with my life. Come on. <laughs> How do we marry that? That's a joke. <laughs> it's because. It's I impossible. That when the teams are going, like they are handed over to all these sports are going to the Olympics, they are handed over to the federal government. Mm-hmm. They are Team Nigeria. Yeah. And the way our structures are organized, it's very difficult to go have a minister who will say, mm, okay, you guys do whatever you want to do. I'm just supervisory ah, and all of that. That power element is there. And my so my question is, how do you check? But he has explained but how do you check? a board or a president who is doing things wrongly and his board cannot handle him. What does the minister do in that kind of situation? And he's doing things personal. He's collecting monies, like we heard in some instances, uh, sponsorship monies are going to private accounts and all that. How is that? Because to be fair, some of these presidents become ego- a, 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 a guy, what do you call it now? What's that word? Egoistical. They become megalomaniacs and they want to do things just the way they want to do it and all of that. So how is that checked? Because we can blame the ministry and the minister all we like but there's also this problem. How is checked is quite simple. Just look at the football experience. Mm. It's simple. Once you put your hands in football and say, hey, there's an issue. FIFA will rise. Mm. and say, no way. This can't happen. So, just like what they said that what could have happened with the MBBF if that faction had gone out, mm. you know, to perpetrate themselves in the office and there was no objection on the yeah. local side, FIBA 
if somebody petitioned FIFA, FIFA would have said, ah, come. This constitution, we don't know anything about it. Yeah. And that would probably have changed the entire we'll landscape. Then the sports ministry can then come up with the oversight function and say, okay, with your international body saying this is not correct mm. or this should not happen, we should have either fresh elections or... On the question of elections now, also following on from this body, who organizes elections? Is it the board and the members that want to perpetuate themselves in power? Would they give a chance to other people in that sport who want to come in? Or is it a supposedly neutral ministry of sports that organizes elections and allows a level playing field for everybody? Oh, because we know that, for me, if you allow the boards, incumbent boards, to organize elections, I'm not sure what we'll get. Who organizes elections into these federations? That's I'll, another I'll, green I'll, area. I'll answer that question, but let me first bring something to your attention. Okay. You know, before now, before, that's before Amadou Penik, mm. before any NFF election, you can tell who the next NFF president, oh, president yeah. will be. Mm. Oh, yeah. You are aware, right? Mm. Because the government will give you, will, will submit four names mm. of government representatives that will be on the board. Yeah. And either the top name or, or the, or the, or, or, uh, either the first or the last name on that list is the pre- person in, that in, incoming. In, yeah, we know that you know, <laughs> we know, we know it's incoming. Then Solomon Dalong said something. He said, if, and, and that happens across all the federations. Yeah. He said, look, they said government interferes in sports. In the past, I have a, a right as minister. So I made four people. Mm. Out of, uh, each each, each, um, each um, association has federation has seven voting members, and I give you four, which means every, every time the ministry has control. And I felt, why are we putting? A, let the let the people decide. I mean, these guys know it's a the democracy, people, yeah, democracy, and so he abolished that. And since that, since he abolished that, you don't know you see him coming, and intrigues are doubled. Okay, so I think what Dalong did. With that, with the, with the, with the, with the last election, and what what led to trouble for the Kano faction of MBF was that the elections were supposed to be held in Abuja mm. under the ministry under ministry supervision. supervision. And I think the NOC were also involved in exactly. Mm. Mm. And then they went to Kano. Ex- so the moment that person took his group to Kano, whatever happened there, it was on his own. Okay. So I think. Yes, the federation can the, the, the incumbents or whoever they can they can they can organize elections. It's within their purview, okay. but under strict ministry and NOC supervision. You know, it all goes to the lack of sincerity we talked about. Of course, because, it, should, it shouldn't be this complicated. Because, okay, now if you have a, if you have a minister who has undue interest in a particular sport, if they are the ones supervising the elections. He may be able to influence that election. True. If you have an incumbent who does not want to leave office or for whatever reason wants to show, you know, there was a time, I think it was NFF, that almost got a legislation through or a statute through that said that if you have not been an executive oh, member, yeah. you cannot contest election, which was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because what you're saying is that we can no boys group. And there may be you. So, the men's close forever. <laughs> honestly, for me, guys, Administrators 
whoever, people in charge of our sports, are too self-centered. It's always about the me, yeah. the I. We, are, we, have, we have agreed on that. And, and then, you know, because, like I said, look at athletics. Let's go back to athletics, for instance. Like I said, look at Bambo Akoni. I don't think he's a member of EFN. I'm not, I'm not sure whether he, they co-opted him, but making of champions has had such a strong influence in athletics over the past few years without the owner of that company being president of EFN. And it doesn't you have can, to be. It doesn't, you can See, contribute that's bottom your quarter line. Without to being... the success and the development of a particular sport without being a member of the board. Let me even, let me even highlight something for you. You know, wrestling was supposed to be part of those um, mm, affected. Mm. And whether we like it or not, <clears throat> Daniel Gali has done Tremendous an excellent well. job. Yeah. In President Wrestling Federation. Now imagine you know a commissioner in his state. In his state, yeah. yes. Imagine him being yanked out. What effect do you think that will have on the like it or not? Wrestling is one of our strongest biggest yes, medal yes, yes, hopes. Yeah. Oh yes. What kind of effect do you think that will have on their decoyers and their likes? It's, mm-hmm. o- it's over, mm-hmm. it's all over. <laughs> because yes. this guy has virtually mentored carried Nigeria on his shoulder personally Mm. and in the few years that he's been there our stock has risen tremendous growth tremendous growth now you like Yankee Mouth and because whatever differences you have with him and then somebody else comes and replaces him that one has his own agenda now Mm mm-hmm it says, ah, okay. And I then the, time, the timing of these guys, the Olympics are Ridiculous. in a couple of months. And there's no way this will not disrupt the Olympic preparations. I don't know. We're already like, like, behind schedule. That action is akin to throwing a, uh, throwing a stone, in, a stone in a pond. The ripples go on at infinitum. Continuously. We are seeing some. We haven't seen everything. Some we won't even see. And some won't come in until just before the Olympics. Yeah. The damage has been done. Um, so, some, some, uh, some, some board members of some associations are saying that they are going to cut. Okay. The fact is, look, even if, you, if, if, even if the minister says, yeah, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say anything every, anymore. Everything no. back, uh, back to the way it was before. You can't put the water back into you, the cup. You cannot. Or into the bottle. Some people will still be looking at him as cans. Mm. And it's going to affect... That's, that's another ripple that's going to run through all the federations. All their, their athletes are going to feel it at the Olympics. What's the solution to this constant power struggle? Minister, sports federations, on the long term. What do we think is the solution on the long term? The the solution was more or less provided by Solomon Dallon. I'm, I'm surprised I'm even praising Solomon Dallon. <laughs> but somehow the solution has been provided. When he said, Go when, on. He, when he said the ministry doesn't have a say in board membership. Leave it. It's a democracy. Sort your house. Put your house in order. But we will have supervise. a constitution. Hmm. Let it be, you know, Ratified. approved by your international body who will supervise along with the NOC. <laughs> and that way... <laughs> They can a course you create a course at least there's a bit of direction. Mm. Then, when four years is about to be over, maybe you have a thirty day, you know, gestation period and say, okay, you dissolve or end mm. the tenure at so so day. 
then you create an election electoral committee that ushers in elections. There's a roadmap. There's a roadmap to, to, to it. You know, you know, I was laughing. Mm. We are talking the grammar. <laughs> Look, you know, uh, uh, Gigo. Is that how people call it? Garbage in, garbage out. No matter how beautiful design the process. Once human interaction, human factor enters human <laughs> interest, human interest, mm. uh, hey, uh, call it anything you like. Once it enters our process, <laughs> it can corrupt everything. Mm. People just take it, look at it, and start twisting it on its, until it's bent out of shape. It's you as know, simple as that. I, I feel pain when we discuss topics like that because futures are at stake. Of course. Futures of young people who are looking for a path to a great future to for themselves. And some people, some supposedly older and wiser and more mature people, because of some ego trips, would keep fighting, quote and unquote, a battle for supremacy. And they are more or less, I don't want to use the word destroy, they are more or less disrupting the future of these guys. Yeah. You know, so. What pains me is that, honestly, if you are in sports administration in this country, it's like children's lives and futures are put in your, in your hands. It is what it is. It's for you to manage and make sure those kids achieve Five. their best ever potential they can achieve based on their talent and their capabilities. But here we are. We are using... You'll be, even if you're a federation president, you'll be there eight years, minister... Maximum eight years, maybe. I don't mean we have a sports minister in the Max. last few years that's been there for more than three, four years, Max. actually. And then, because of your selfish personal agendas, you don't care about these futures. I think it's very sad. It is sad. And very depressing. It is sad that these guys are short, are short-sighted because if, as a, uh, as a federation president, you do a good job in four years and you have several athletes grow find them, mature them, grow mm. them, under your care. Those four years might turn out to be uh, I have uh, my yield for you harvest in future. Yeah. That's cannot imagine. The watershed moment. Exactly. Because, look, if you do things well, the odds are that the people that you do it for will remember you. Oh, yeah. Mm. And they too, they'll, pick, they'll learn something from what you have done. And but it was, the, people, was the name of the coach, the coach based in Zaria. He was... It, Johnson. It, Based in Zaria. Yeah. Look at what that man has what, done. What he has he's done. He's never been on any basketball board. Never. Look at what he's done. I I, I was in. I was. I think it was a, when uh, it was this guy, the Toronto Raptors guy, that Masai. Masai. Masai yeah. came to visit him and all of I, that. I, I was in Masai when ESPN premiered the um, um, Masai story, and uh, to, Ma, Masai flew to Toronto yeah. and he introduced him and said, "Look, this was the man in the dust on the dusty pitch of Zaria. Mm. I, I felt good that day. Yeah. To yeah. see him yeah. being honored." And yeah. the man is still there, still doing, still doing his beats. Mm. He's an American. He came here, he had made a difference. I think we I should don't start think... something like, maybe we can start something like the unsung heroes of Nigerian sports. Oh, oh that's, people that's, that's, who that's do really things that never recognize. That, that people, yeah. like, there's a coach. There's a basketball coach in Lagos. I think he's a Mark Balogun. I think he's a police officer. He has an academy in that police college. You would not know the amount of kids that have won American scholarships, university scholarships, basketball, through this gentleman. Those ones, those things are go unreported. So unreported. even kids don't even become professional basketballers. They've gone to school. They will, they make, they will never forget him. And they will never forget him. So all these administrators, 
wearing suit, wearing a badger, just doing all these things and just not caring about these athletes is unfortunate and it's very, very sad. It's because you exist. Your position because it derives case. from these kids, these guys. You're supposed to guarantee their futures, guarantee their ability to fulfill their potentials. But what you're doing is you're even clogging their progress. Yeah, you are. No legacy. No legacy. For once, I'm lost for words. <laughs> I think I'm exhausted about these topics. And it's really very, very sad. Unfortunately, that we have to keep going round and round in circles. Unfortunately, this is sort of Nigerian sports that you have been saying over and again. Over and, and I remember keep, it, I as a round of this side, in, I think it was 98 or 99, I was in a basketball forum. Thankfully, basketball is improving now in Nigeria. Things are happening. But I saw that potential. And I was like, but, but that time there was always this feuding faction. You know, a lot of these basketball guys went to university, educated, a lot of grammar and all that. I don't want to mention this, but you know, the feuding factors that time. And I was like, guys, this pie is so big. It's so big. That everybody can get, if you yes. get a small piece of the pie, that if it functioning. Can, can't, you just, can't you just, you know, sheath your swords, get this thing working and everybody, because I wasn't a basketball person, but I could see the larger picture. They never did. We are still here. Yes, Hopefully, yeah. There will be people will see the light. And like a, a friend of mine always says, 10% of a thriving business is better than 100% of full ownership of something that doesn't generate any money. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, hopefully we won't boycott. We are not boycotting the Olympics. We'll try and participate. We hope the athletes will qualify. All the Nigerian teams or athletes that still want to qualify, we wish them all the best as they qualify. We hope these ministers, decision has little minimal impact on preparations and uh, possibilities of winning medals at the Olympics. But one boycott happened over the past few weeks. And past I'm wondering... Few past few days, past sorry. Few days. And I'm wondering, what's the impact? How successful was the social media boycott by the Premier League and then a lot of other people, other organizations joined in. Even I think corporate bodies joined in. Yemi is the expert on this one. <laughs> Yemi will tell us what happened? The social media boycott was for four days. It's ended now. Yeah, ended last night. But my worry was always been like, okay, this social media boycott, four days. As long as it doesn't have any impact on the bottom line of social media companies, would it achieve any desired result? But uh, I won't pretend that I have all the numbers, I have all the uh, answers. So, does this have any impact? Can it lead to any Meaningful change. Maybe first you tell us who and who were involved, who and who eventually took part in the protest and the, the boycott, and what impact you think it's had. Okay, a bit of uh, background first. So uh, there's been a huge upsurge in um, online abuse mm. of athletes, uh, racial abuse, racial abuse, some homophobic, mm, some okay. transphobic, but mainly racial abuse. Uh, there's a stat that came out that said 86 percent of the abuse to athletes and what have you on social media are racial. Well, okay. 6% are homophobic and, and, and transphobic. Now, so the so biggest problem is racial. Racia. So the clubs, the Premier League, and then had a bit of a domino effect. So you had the rugby guys joining from France, from England, Scotland, Wales. They joined in. Netball joined. Um, the ITF joint, um, tennis, federation, tennis federation, 
And like that, you had all of them coming up, you know, joining the case. What is the point? They're trying to say, look, it is about time the social media platforms, social media companies, and we're talking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mm. do something about online abuse. What should they do? You should just go beyond just expunging mm. or deleting the uh, the post the offensive or post. Uh, restricting the individual or taking stronger Concrete action steps. Now, I read a stat that said uh, for Manchester United, I said 350, that online abuse went up by 350% mm. uh, as of November 2020. And that in that period, they've had to deal with um, 86, 86 abuses were reported by the uh, the Premier League. The Premier League, okay. But only out of that 86, 31 still remain visible. The messages are still there. Are still there on, okay. on the social media platform. So, basically, all these guys I've mentioned and a lot more joined in. Copy Interestingly, corporate bodies joined mm. in. Kazoo, an online uh, trading platform for mm. cars mm. which sponsors mm. uh, Everton and Aston Villa. Interestingly, it would have been a watershed moment for them because there are two teams that are supposed to play at the weekend. At the weekend. Mm. It's period when uh, boycott was happening, which they would have made a lot of noise. But his eyes light up every time he hears Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they would have made a lot of noise about it. It would have been very good for the brand. Mm. They would have got a lot of brand appreciation and what have you. They couldn't do any of that. They joined in it. Cadbury, Adidas, Nike, Puma. These are huge. Okay, Yemi. Let me stop you there. I want to have an understanding. I'm a layman here. And I believe no matter what you do, if it doesn't have an impact on, on the, the bottom, bottom line, line of this company. So, all these actions, is there a potential that it has an impact on... No, does it have an impact on the bottom line? Oh, One. yes, it does. Second question, is the impact big enough to affect them? So much so that you'll say, hey, look here, if these people continue this thing, because like it's a warning boycott now. It's a warning shot. If these yeah. people extend this thing, do it for an extended period of time, we're going to start feeling the heat financially. Is there a possibility of that? Of course Because I feel is. that's the only thing that will end us. Of course there is. Let me okay. give you an example. Manchester has, I think, 25 million followers on Twitter. Okay. And I think they have a lot more on Instagram. Okay. So imagine that kind of account. You can't reach that market. You can't reach that market. So mm. they close that market. And then you look at the other 20 teams in the Premier League. Cumulatively. Combined. Mm. That's huge. Now, on the flip side, for the corporate bodies, Kazoo said that they do most of their publicity, targeted adverts mm. on weekends. Okay. Now, this boycott has happened. No. Nothing happened. Advert whatsoever. Secondly, I had a conversation with uh, a digital manager for a major multinational in Nigeria. And he said they spend about $1,000 every day Okay. On ads on this platform, I'm talking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a thousand dollars every every day. Now imagine the cumulative effect. The cumulative effect. If and we're talking Adidas, Nike, Puma also mm. do we their have ads. Budgets who have this. budgets for yeah. this? Yeah, and they are also key providers to these clubs, mm. to the national team that pulled out. So look at the revenue, potential revenue stream that those platforms will lose, lose. in that three-day 
Mm. Period. Now imagine if for any reason the club decides to extend it to one week, to one month. Or even decide to do it, maybe every month they do it 10 days. And note that at weekends, like it or not, sports, football Twitter Twitter is huge. Mm. And now the corporates are always looking for conversations to, to latch on to, to latch on to, to push their brand. Now, you had a weekend where a lot of football happened. Now, all these guys couldn't latch on to the conversations. Okay. So, so you, the conversations you, are you limited. Answer my question that this has shown that there is a potential. Oh, there's a huge potential. For it to succeed. Because that was my worry. It was like, if it doesn't affect them, you know. So, buddy, now, let's juxtapose that into Let's try to put ourselves in the place of the social media companies. Is it why why is it so difficult to do more against these offenders? What is it a case of a lack of willingness or a case of look, it doesn't affect me, uh, I'll just let it be? Why is it so difficult for them to take action against the offenders? I, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of both. And to be fair to the social um, to social media companies, when they recognize, because I, I've seen I've seen people on, on on Twitter Nigeria being yanked off for okay. for some things, when 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 there are accounts that they can readily identify, they take action. But I feel it's more it's more that they are swamped. Okay. Too many accounts. Too, too many, many accounts. To too many, and and also remember. That there, there, that there are a lot of bot accounts, and sometimes they shut down these bot accounts. I, I, I also noticed that in the past few years, um, they've 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 been doing a lot of work weeding out yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm. So I think for them, I think it's it's more of that of they are being swamped, and okay. I think for the clubs also, it's more of look, if we stay off social media. The people that are sending abusive languages, mm-hmm. abusive, uh, abusive, they, they, exactly, they won't be able to reach us. It's, it's also a means of protecting their players. Okay, I feel that for for anything tangible to be done about online abuse, police departments, especially in in the more advanced countries, there has to be prosecution. They have first off, they've got to have an active. Active uh, office for that, that exactly that is that is constantly looking online, picking up on abusive people and then dealing with it in, uh, as soon as as, as soon as look it's it, it's 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 a it's a whole different ball game mm. because social mm. media is huge, mm. the internet is huge, and it's almost impossible impossible to monitor mm. because of the size of it. So I think the clubs are doing the, the best they can to, to protect their players. Mm. The, the social, social media are doing, are doing the best they can yeah. to, to, to keep it clean. It's just that these guys just keep coming, coming, out, coming out, 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 out of, of the of the One good thing though, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's gotten the whole world talking about it. That's a good point. It's, it's yeah. a very valid point. Everybody is talking about it. And when I know from, from those companies, the fact that some huge companies got involved. Would have them have having a Monday meeting in their boardrooms and say, "Hey, if this thing becomes a trend, we are in deep trouble." That's a good thing, right? Oh yes. And uh, if you look at the likes of big sports media agencies like uh, the Guardian, 
mm. also joining the, the, the okay. boycott, Cadbury joining the boycott. Eventually, it has a rippling effect. You can have more big multinationals joining that are very heavy on social media. And once they start seeing that, okay, our projection for this week is down. Dropped a little bit. Next week, down. It's easy to find these guys. I do agree with what saying that it's, it's, they're swamped. Mm. But you can target and so this person, you can use the IP address to yeah. find the person's location. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why from a police perspective, from a law enforcement perspective, mm. the two have to work hand in hand. hand, in hand. Yep. Mm. You know, maybe establish a specific desk specific that deals that, yeah. with online abuse. And then it's not that for you to particularly send them to jail or whatever, but there needs to be punitive measures in place. Maybe mm. it's community service, maybe it's education, maybe, maybe it's education mm. you know, letting them know that, look, this thing is not right. In fact, interestingly, Kazoo mm. did something. The amount of money that they would have spent this weekend, this weekend, mm. on adverts, they just channeled it into uh, a foundation for a, a foundation named in, in, in honor of a young black guy that was killed okay, in the UK. Foundation? Yeah. Okay. So, Imagine it was a racially motivated, was a racially motivated killing. Okay, killing. Okay, so okay. imagine so the channel that money to some other monies that should go to social media platform yeah. now going to social causes, uh, racial social motivated social causes. So gradually it's going to start hitting at the bottom line. I'm glad that UFA joined though, because yes. there's been a huge criticism of them that the rate at which they clamp down on. European society. <laughs> <laughs> if they had exactly done the same for racism, it probably would have gone. Because we talked about it, uh, I think one of our previous episodes where it was a slap on the wrist. Professional clubs have been fined twenty thousand pounds, twenty thousand for racial racial offenses, and that was never going to work. So maybe they've seen the light <laughs> and um, they're joining it. But from the club's perspective, buddy, social media gives you access to your fans. Doesn't it have a detrimental effect on them as well when they shut out that relationship on this? Or is it a case of they have to take the lesser of two evils? I agree. Is the second one? I was going to say that. Look, I think that that's that does also tell you how serious they, they are as, about this. They are, they are willing. That's a good to point. Sacrifice that mm. to ensure that their 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 players are protected. So I, com- mm. I commend them for that. It was it was a risk they took. They took a hit, but hey, given what we are up against, yeah. I think it's a good step. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's going to continue after this one? Do you think they are going to make it like a, a, a periodical thing, maybe once a month, maybe, or maybe if they notice that there is a huge impact, they will extend it. What do you think is going to happen? I think now? there'll be a phased approach. So you've okay. done three days now, mm. maybe somewhere along the line, they look at... Or maybe if, something happens again, and then they come back. I don't think do. something has to happen per se, but okay. I think what's important to me is there needs to be a response from the social media platforms. So once they make, there's a bit of response from them, I think that will determine what line of action the clubs, the FA, UEFA, and the corporate bodies that joined, and the other corporate bodies that will potentially join. So if there's no response, mm. I expect to see more consistent, you know, boycotts happening. Yes, like it or not, it also affects... The clubs, yeah. because hey, they don't, they reduces and blocks access to 
their core yeah you know like what he said it shows that if they are willing to give that up that that's, that's a strong message yes. to say we we'll, rather fight racism and we don't care about how it's going to affect us yep. in terms of that engagement and with fans and all of that all of that so it's very unfortunate that we keep having to talk about this thing racism and racial abuse online and all that but the conversation is out there now the social media boycott has had a huge impact maybe not such a huge impact financially but from a um from an agenda perspective yeah, yeah. it's putting right bank in the middle of discussions worldwide and that can only be good for that cause so uh brings us to the end of our podcast for this week join us again next time on sports 360 podcast thank you guys for your thoughts and opinions <laughs>